Thanks for listening to the River Claremont podcast. We pray you are encouraged by today's message. For more information or to stay connected with what's happening at the river, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the River Claremont. Hallelujah. Genesis chapter 11, this story was on my heart for probably maybe just the last two weeks. Just kept like, I just think about it, just pop in my spirit. And to be, to, to be totally truthful with you, I've never once ministered or preached or even used this scripture, which you will recognize if you, if you don't know what it is, in a sermon before in my life. But it just kept coming back to me for the last couple of weeks, like I said. I was just chewing on it, trying to get to a point of what do you, what, why is this in my spirit so much right now? And before I say anything, I want to say this, that I want you to know from the bottom of my heart that I do not take it lightly that you call the River Claremont your church or me your pastor. And I want you to hear from my heart that I am not asleep at the wheel right now, that I have been bombarding heaven and praying on behalf of every member of this church because I do feel that there are a lot of things coming against the body of Christ, coming against America coming against households right now, and I've just been bombarding heaven, praying day and night, Lord, cover this house. May the, the glory of God be on every household represented in the river. May your hand of protection be on us, watch over us, guide us, be with us, Lord. And I'm like, my, my challenge to you is don't, don't be asleep at the wheel yourself right now. Cover your brothers and sisters in prayer. Be there for each other right now. This is the time to link arms and say, the, del- the hell will not have its way in our household. He will not have his way in our community. He will not have his way in, our, in our, uh, our country in any way. We are the bride of Christ and we will take a stand. Amen. Pray for people. When someone says, will you pray for me? Don't say I'm praying and don't pray. Come on, be like right then and there. Like pray, scare people, make people nervous. Go for it. You know what I'm saying? You get an opportunity to pray for a person, cover them as passionately and fervently as you can. Because the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man does availeth much. Come on. So get passionate. I can't stand passionless people. I'm just telling it like it is. Bumps on the log that have no zeal concerning the things of God. That They're like, Bleh. I'm like, dude, just go away right now. I'm in the zone right now. I love the Lord with all of my heart. He is real. Everything he says is real. I am behind him 100% and he is with me 100%. Amen. Not the time to be weak-willed, yellow-bellied, nobody, no faith whatsoever. Stir yourself to action. Amen. Like Paul said to Timothy, rekindle the flame, bro. Fan the flame, stir that thing up. If you feel like you've lost the fire of God, stir that fire back up. If you want nothing to do with the fire of God, that's fine. You don't have to call this your church family. But we are moving towards the move of God, period. That's all that matters right now. We're not looking for fancy words. We're not looking for light shows. We're not looking for laser beams. We're not looking for smoke machines. We're not, and I don't have a problem with any of that. You can put it all in here, but it doesn't change what I'm pursuing. I'm still going after the anointing and the presence of the Lord first and foremost. I have been before the Lord crying out literally like, God, 
if I've got a lead in this time and these people are looking to me, you go through my life with a fine-tooth comb. You clear out what needs cleared out. You rewrite what needs rewritten. You rebuke me when I need rebuked. I do not want to miss you in this hour. I want to stand before you and hear the words, well done, thou good and faithful servant. So I don't take it as I'm not here for the applause of men or a title or paycheck. I'm here because God called me to be here. Amen. And so I'm going to stick it out and fight with everything that I've got. And I have a lot because I have the Holy Ghost. Amen. All right. Anyways, I love you. hope you know I love you. I love this church. You guys are beautiful. But now I'm going to tear you apart. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> Last night with the men's group, I felt like I came out like with a scatter gun. Like, bah, 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 bah. I was like, Jesus, is anybody going to you know, stick it out through this thing? I hit it with everything I had. And the man, the presence of God just hit the place. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. It was awesome. So I love the men of this house. We have alpha males. Amen. We come in here, people come in here clean shaven and they leave and they already have a beard. It is the wildest thing, bro. Supernatural. It'd be like, I've never been able to grow. Wait, what is that? You're welcome. We believe in beards because that's where the anointing flowed onto Aaron's beard. No. Okay, anyways. Genesis 11, you'll recognize this story. The whole earth had one language and one speech. It came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar and they dwelled there. And then they said to one another, come let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They had brick for stone and they, they had asphalt for mortar. And they said, come let us build ourselves a city and a tower whose top is in the heavens. Let us make a name for ourselves lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. Interesting enough, the terminology scattered abroad is exactly what the Lord had spoken to them in a command to do, to scatter across the earth. And so they were basically hedging themselves in direct disobedience to the word of the Lord. Lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of men had built. And the Lord said, Indeed, the people are one and they all have one language. And this, is, and this is what they begin to do. Now nothing that they propose to do will be withheld from them. I'll read that again. Regarding unity, it says, Now nothing that they propose to do will be withheld from them. Come, let us go down there and confuse their language that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from there over the face of all the earth, and they ceased building the city. Therefore, its name is called Babel, because there the Lord confused the language of all the earth, and from there the Lord scattered them abroad over the face of all of the earth. It's very interesting to me how powerful unity is, that God himself, because the Lord that came down actually said, if they are of one accord regarding this, which is not ordained of God, it will still be able for them, they can still accomplish this just by the power of being united in this forefront. Remember a while back I heard a preacher say something that really struck me as truth. He was talking about the reason why Hollywood um, has made so much money and amassed such a powerful influence upon the nations of the world 
because people are literally just sitting day and night watching what they pump out and they've been able to lead a generation deeper and deeper into wickedness by casually letting you see a little bit more, letting you see a little bit more, a more and more until finally the hearts of many wax cold and they have been programmed to watch all sorts of wickedness and think that it's okay. But the power of, of Hollywood was these people were united even though it wasn't a godly plan in their unity they have been able to amass something so powerful they have influenced the entire world. God said that these people are united and what they propose to do, nothing will be able to stop them, obviously, except for the Lord. Thank God for his power. Amen. Everywhere you read in the word where the army came against God's people, the Bible says that when Jehoshaphat was going to war against an army that vastly outnumbered him, he went before the Lord and a prophet spoke up and said, do not worry, you won't even have to go to war. Just begin to praise the Lord and sing unto him and the Lord will go before you and fight the battle. And the Bible says that the enemies, the united kings coming against Jehoshaphat, confusion fell in the camp of the enemy and they began to kill one another. So that by the time Jehoshaphat's men arrived at the scene of the battle, everyone was dead. And the Bible says it took them three days just to harvest the gold, the silver, and the wealth that was left behind after the enemy, enemy annihilated himself. I don't know about you, but when I read that, I, I decide I'm legally changing my name to Jehoshaphat, baby. <laughs> Caleb Jehoshaphat ring, baby. Bruh. I mean, when God's on your side, he has a way of, of intervening on our behalf and supernaturally turning things around. Because if there's unity, there's power. And God said these people are united. Now, interesting thing to realize is it is possible to be united with wicked motives. But the power of unity still remains. So how powerful is it if we are united in the plan of God? How supernatural is it? And unity means to be fully in agreement, to stand as one. I'll tell you something, that's not, that's easier said than done. And any married couple out there can really testify to that. You can be married 20 years and you still fight over where you're going to go eat. Come on. <laughs> By now you should have created a schedule that on Mondays he gets to decide Tuesdays, I get to decide. But the problem is, is on Monday when you get to decide, all you can think is, I don't know. Right? Who in here has the problem with where do you want to eat? I don't know. I don't know. I, well, then let's eat here. I don't want to eat there. Well, then why'd you say you don't care? Well, I don't care except for there. Why are you making it so difficult? Don't pressure me. Well, let's eat there. I also don't want to eat there. What's wrong with you? Three hours later, you're both crying in the car and starving to death. You come home and the kids say, how was the date? We don't want to talk about it. Is there any pizza left over? My God, I'm hungry. No. Hopefully it doesn't go to that. But it's harder than we think to be united. The Bible says, Mark 3, 24 through 26, Jesus said that if a kingdom is divided against itself, the kingdom simply cannot stand. If a house is divided against itself, the house cannot stand. So if Satan rises up against himself and be divided, he cannot stand but has an end. So there's power in unity 
And uh, I guess where I'm leading with this is just to the point that I've been on a journey with the Lord, really diving into what I believe. And I say that because I feel like if you say you believe something, most of what we believe is because we've been programmed to believe it, but we've never really dissected it deep in the core in our spirit to get it in us. Why do I believe this? And am I in fully in agreement with this? Or the moment circumstances change, or the moment someone with a different opinion shows up, am I easily persuaded to change what I believe based upon a silvery tongue or the masses around me believing something different? You with me right now? So turn with me in Judges chapter 6, verse 7. Lord, help me because I felt like I communicated better in the 9 o'clock than I'm communicating now, but that's okay. Because the Lord will help me. It says, It came to pass when the children of Israel cried out to the Lord because of the Midianites that the Lord sent a prophet to the children of Israel who said to them, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, I brought you up out of Egypt and brought you out of the house of bondage and delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians and out of the hand of all who oppressed you. I drove them out before you and gave you their land. Also I said to you, I the Lord your God, I am the Lord your God. Do not fear the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell, but you have not obeyed my voice. Now, we'll stop right there for a moment. The Lord's basically telling Israel, you know, well, this is what happened. I brought you out of Egypt. I, I, I gave you supernatural signs and wonders. I led you into this land. I anointed you to take the land. I told you don't fear the people, don't fear their gods, but you didn't obey me. You let their gods become your, uh, your gods. You let yourself get contaminated along the way. And because of that, Israel had now been taken over by the Midianites. And where I'm, I'm leading with this is right now, we have a lot of people in agreement with the word of God concerning the times that we're in, that we're in the last days, the mark of the beast is upon us, it's getting difficult, wars and rumors of wars will break out, pestilences will be everywhere, it's going to get harder than it's ever been, so you have total acceptance of the, of the biblical timeline of what's going to happen in the world view to the point that some Christians even say there's no sense in really even trying to do anything now because this is ordained by God that these things will happen. A one world government will come to pass. The Antichrist will rise to power. We're just going to have to just hold on and wait till it's all over with and pray that the tribulation is not something we have to endure. So we're in agreement that this world has a timeline attached to it, and it is coming to an end. Bro, I look up every day out the window to see is Jesus walking in my lawn right now because it's getting really close to the end. But as I said to the men the last night, you got to live like you got you to have the expectation that Jesus could return right now, but live like and plan like he won't return for 100 years because no man really knows when Jesus is returning. So the Lord says, you didn't obey my voice. What he's saying is that's why all of these things have happened to the Israelites at this time, because there was disobedience in the land. But watch what continues to happen. But the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terabith tree, which was in Oprah, which belonged to Joaz the something another, while his son Gideon threshed wheat in the winepress. He was threshing wheat in the winepress because he was scared of the enemy. He knew that the Midianites were dominating Israel. 
He knew that God was upset with the Israelites and that that's why this was happening. He knew that they were being judged for all the things that they had done. And so he was cowering in fear, hiding, threshing wheat in a wine press when an angel of the Lord shows up and says to him, the Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. Isn't that awesome? That God speaks to the person hiding, afraid, that you're the mighty man of valor. I mean, he is the king of calling things which are not as though they are. Amen. But ultimately, something happened in this moment. This is what I want to hit you with. That despite the fact that that Gideon knew, yes, Israel has disobeyed God. The Midianites are turned loose on us and war is ravaging us and we can't have any food. They're destroying all of our produce. But when God spoke a word personally to Gideon, something connected on the inside of him with that word and his destiny was changed in a moment. He went from a man hiding in the wine press to a man that led the charge against the enemy and took back the land from everything that was opposing them. My challenge is don't just agree with the timeline about the nations. Agree with the word of God concerning your personal life. Who are you and what has he made you for? Yes, this world has a timeline. Yes, wars and rumors of wars will happen. But you are still on this earth and you are still the temple of God. And where God is, his will will be done in you and through you. So get it in your spirit that everything God says about me is truth and I believe it. You feeling me right now? You happy right now? You love Jesus right now? Do you know who you are? It's like that Sinatra song. I know who I am. I know what he says. I don't know them all, but I'm walking in power. I live a life of favor. We're preaching in an African church and they all had moves. I'm walking in power. I live a life of favor. And they're all up on the stage. And I mean... You cut loose. When Africans go for it, you're like, that's right. I'm walking in power. Americans be like. Saying every other word. Yeah, walking. Yeah. Favor. (laughs) Sometimes you got to cut loose. Amen cut loose get past one of the things i scattered on the men last night is well i can't stand it when people don't have passion concerning worshiping the lord be passionate amen let your passion out that's what makes a man a man a man of like passions all right anyways it's a tough crowd this morning please ushers go ahead and release the laughing gas right now At least we'll all enjoy whatever comes out of my mouth. (laughs) I have set the Lord always before me, Psalm 16, 8. And because he is at my right hand, I shall not be moved. I've set the Lord before me. Because he's at my right hand, I shall not be moved, the prophet said. So as I said, I've been on a journey, what do I believe? And, and when I first pastored, well, before I was pastoring, the Lord had called my wife and I from Steamboat Springs, Colorado. We were living up close to the Rockies, the peak of the Rocky Mountains there. It was absolutely gorgeous. And the Lord called us into full-time ministry. We took all of, all of our belongings, stuck it in to um, storage, and drove off across America in a Chevy Impala with three kids, two in diapers, 
place was packed out. I mean, everything we had that we could fit in the car was with us. Everything else stayed behind. We didn't have a home to go to. You know, foxes have holes, birds have nests, but the son of Billy Ring has no place to lay his head. <laughs> My wife was crazy to go across America with me. What was she thinking? You know what I'm saying? The woman should have spoke sense to me, but she didn't. She was like, let's do it. You know, it was my good looks. She's just enamored by them all the time, so she just does whatever I ask her to do. Okay. And then she tells me to do something, and I'm like, okay. So ultimately, I don't really know who's running the show right now. I think she makes me feel like I am, but I'm not 100% that that's true. Because sometimes I find myself doing things, and I'm like, what? What, what, how, what? Okay, clever girl. Made me actually think it was my idea too. So as we traveled, our whole mission and ministry was revival. I mean, that was it. We were Sunday morning to Friday night, everywhere we went. We never did like a Sunday morning service. It was all week long, anywhere we were at, Sunday to Friday night, and the whole I mean, everything was, I mean, let the Spirit of God just drop a bomb in the place. I mean, people got to get out of religious mindsets. They got to get out of drugs and addiction. They got to get out of, you know, poisonous, toxic thoughts and strongholds of the mind. There is nothing like the anointing of God in encountering His presence to break that off. Jesus is the only one I know that takes out a stony heart and puts in a heart of flesh. Amen. And it's like, I mean, that was everything that we lived for. Day in, day out, it was always, if, if the power of God wasn't showing up, then we're not doing it right. And I would cry out at the hotel room, Lord, anoint me with something more because we have got to get a breakthrough in this city with these people because they need to know who you are. Amen. And God was faithful to show up. And I remember one time in Atlanta, Georgia, and I'm praying the, the, the presence of God fills this church and people are out under the power of God, just the glory of God in the place. And the pastors jump in between everybody that is getting, you know, being touched by the Lord. And this is common in churches. And they, they, as soon as someone's getting touched from the Lord, every prophet in the place right. runs up to him and is whispering junk in their ear. Bro, shut up. Because if the spirit of God is on them, they don't need your little whispers up in their ear telling them what the Lord is doing. You're not involved. You are, you are the third wheel now. When it was about to get romantic, you just leaned right in and were like, what's up? Like, you're the creepo. Get out of the story. Because the Lord told me, your job is to arrange a meeting between me and my bride. And once that meeting happens, get out of the way. Not everything has to come from a person here on this earth. There are supernatural encounters you can have with the Holy Ghost that will change your life. And when God speaks it, it's better than a hundred prophets prophesying it over your life. Because when he speaks, it's like thunder. And it's like a seed form that gets in you. And everything he says, you are just empowered to walk out what he says. Amen. So I believe in that to the core of my being. But then I became a pastor. And once I became a pastor, now it's like suddenly... There's pressure, pressure to, to like be, I heard so much. You're not a teacher. You need to teach your people. So I was like feeling like a total failure. I'm not a teacher. Oh my God. And I would, <laughs> I mean, it really affected me. I'm like, I need to teach. So I try to like calm down, you know, and, and like stay calm. Caleb, stay calm. Don't shout at them. Then you're not teaching, you're preaching. 
And then they'll walk out and be like, well, you definitely didn't teach today. <laughs> so I got all these things in my mind going on when I'm just trying to greet the people. I'm like, calm, 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 calm. <laughs> Welcome to the river today. How be it art thou? And um, I don't know where the pressure came from. I really don't know where it came from. I never felt it as a traveling minister, but I felt it as a pastor. And it was just this, this thing, this resistance to the move of the Spirit of God. If I, sp- if I, I spoke in tongues on Sunday morning, it's like I felt I had to explain what I was doing. Oh, my gosh. You know, Romans, it's 1 Corinthians 13, you're trying to explain what everything, and there's not an interpretation, and there's, there's disorder in the house, and all these people are thinking, I mean, I can feel it, I can feel it. Thus saith the Lord. Like, and I had this resistance to the Spirit of God being allowed to move because I was more concerned with the opinions of people that came to church than I was about the opinion of the Holy Spirit. And so then I began to try, not knowingly, not even whatever, but I was pushing back against the Holy Spirit because I didn't want to offend people. Because I'm challenging you with this, and what we're talking about is coming in agreement and unity with the Word of God. You will find that when you come in unity with God, it will be offensive to people. Jesus said, they hated me, they will hate you. And it's not that your goal is, let me offend as many people as I can. Who in here has ever woke up and said, this is going to be a good day. I'm going to at least piss off 50 people. <laughs> Besides you, Jeremy, we all know you're, you know. Jeremy wakes up and he's like, oh yeah. <laughs> I love you, bro. Actually, you're great because I can feel the love from you. So you are empowered to say the truth. Amen. So our goal is not that, but I, I resisted the display and the manifestation of the spirit Because honestly, God can do things sometimes that you're like, okay, we're doing that right now. You know, you got people screaming, you got people crying, you got people laughing, you got people falling down, you got Jan running around the church. How many people remember that day? It was like, it was the best moment of my life. I was like, Jan Proy is running right now. Jesus, we have breakthrough in this place. And religion, instruction, teachings have taught people to resist the move of God. Because what is the purpose? And it must be chaos. And do you know that in the Bible, when, when, when it was dark and the spirit hovered over the deep, the word used there when God spoke, it was actually regarding the darkness was chaos and disorder. Because God is a God of order, but it's his order, not man's order. And so when the spirit of God is moving... The correct order is to recognize he's the king. Come on. So by order, I'm beneath him. I must get out of the way because the king is moving and that is the proper order of what is happening right now. And I've just grown to realize I've almost pushed the limits and I'm getting bolder as a preacher now because I would rather push people out that do not want God to be God so that God is free to move in the house then I have a 5,000 people in a dead place. We want the glory of God. That's, that's it. That's it, man. 
Uh, if you do everything for the applause of men or for natural things alone and you push out the Spirit of God, you will eat the fruit thereof. But I don't want that. I want the glory of God. I want Jesus to feel like he can just show up and take over and worship for 17 hours. I want everything God wants every single time he wants to do it. I mean, I've learned to just fall on my face sometimes and just get over what do people think? What do men think? Is this masculine? Well, I'll take my masculinity and I'll put it at the feet of Jesus. Because I would rather have the glory of God than have a great group of followers that we're not even united because the only one that brings true unity is the spirit of God anyways. But I used to be ashamed. I used to feel weird. I mean, I, I would feel like even meeting leaders in, the, in the, the community, I would feel weird to like talk to him the whole time thinking in my mind, they think I'm the weird guy. They're thinking that's that, mm, he's that tongue talking strange dude, you know? And it would just, Make me resist because all I wanted to do is was be respected by people. Bro, respect of people will change overnight. All they got to do is find someone else that they like more and that respect will shift. Live for the glory of God. He is the most faithful one you will ever have. Amen. So learn to let go and let God be God. And just trust whatever the Lord does is exactly what needs to happen. Amen. I would say... For the overall, the Church of America has grown very professional and very resistant to anything God wants to do. And so because of that, we have amassed wealth, we have built big buildings, but we have lost the very essence of what the church is supposed to have, which is the glory and the presence of God. If Jesus doesn't feel welcome at church, then what the heck kind of church is it? Anyways... I preached on this too, and I realized, you know, as a traveling minister, I would preach sometimes and offend people to where they would jump up and flip me off and cuss me out. One service, a guy cussed me out and flipped me off. I mean, he screamed every bad word you could scream on the way out. And the moment he was in the parking lot, the joy of the Lord hit the church, and everybody was laughing, and it was total freedom. And I don't know about you, but if I had to make a decision, I would rather be united with the people laughing in the presence of the Lord than united with the angry dude in the parking lot. Come on. I mean, it's that simple sometimes. So, and obviously, if a person can't handle the move of God, there's a reason why they can't handle the move of God. And so, rather let God be God, and the Lord will be the one to change people's hearts and minds. Keep an openness. Second thing that I've been questioning lately is, is regarding, and I feel like there's a lot of resistance, is just the, the blessing and the prosperity of God upon the church. And I'll be very honest with you on this. I know that I know that I know I was resistant to this and, and still dealing with resistance to this because you go through a hard time, you go through a tough season, you're financially strapped. The first thing you do is just pull back of everything you do and you let fear begin to govern this area of your life. And the next thing you know, your resistance to the blessing of God and prosperity because you're like, that's not what I have experienced in my life. And so I've been hitting this. I've been asking myself this. And this is the whole message I'm giving today is to get you to go home and truly ask yourself, what do I believe? What do I believe? What is in me? Because if my belief can be manipulated by every message that I hear, then I never believed anything to begin with. Belief is not something that is manipulated by masses or silver tongues. Belief is something that gets in your core 
doesn't waver. And that's where the power of God is released in that belief because the power, the word says that those that believe, for those that believe, nothing is impossible. So think about this area. Think about prosperity. Think about the blessing of God. The reason why there is resistance is, is because of all the errors in the body of Christ and with people that have made money and been wicked, been contaminated, been all of these things. So there puts a barrier up and even teachings regarding poverty is a protection that keeps you holy because you don't want to have so much that contaminates your soul and you go to hell. So let me challenge you with something. What changed with the things of God and the kingdom of God from the Old Testament to the New Testament? Because in the Old Testament, Abraham was made very rich. Isaac was very wealthy. Jacob was very wealthy. Joseph was rose to the second highest place in the land at that time. Come on, everywhere you look, David was so blessed that his personal life gave over a billion dollars worth of gold into the building of the temple of God. Who in here would like a billion dollars worth of gold? Now see, look around. Hands aren't even up right now. When to talk about resistance, you don't want a billion dollars worth of gold? What the heck is wrong with you, bro? Like your feet should be up. Because a billion dollars, now watch this. If you took a billion dollars and you put it in an account that gave you 3% interest, it works out to $400,000, I think, a week. And don't quote me on that. I haven't done the math in a while. 400 grand a week is a mass crusade every week of your life. What? Say, I don't don't want a billion dollars. Give me a billion dollars, God. I will give you a move of the Spirit. Jesus. It's like, why do we think that wicked people have the right to govern and control this realm and the children of God must settle for the scraps off the table? No, no, let a turnaround happen in this hour. Jesus, the masses, there are multitudes and multitudes in the valley of decision. And you know who's winning in that valley? It's Hollywood, it's wicked people because they're the ones that didn't shy away from the blessing. So they went after worldly wealth. And the church said, let us hide in a closet and let us pray. I'm going to pray, but I'm also going to believe in the word of God. May he bless the socks off of his children so that we can advance in massive realms right now. Listen, wealth I trust better in the hands of God's people than in government entities any day. You do the research when the government sends in aid to Haiti and Red Cross, how much money ever gets to the Haitian people? Nothing. But if you gave it through a church, you can promise not only will the church get it to the people, they'll pray over it and the thing will multiply and it'll be greater than ever. Because we are the only entity on planet earth that will do things and expect nothing in return. Because we don't do it for pleasure. We don't do it for acknowledgement. We do it for the glory of God. Come on, somebody. But I'm going to hit it. See, the reason why, now think about this. Because the Bible says those that love money, let me find this scripture. 1 Timothy 6, 9 through 10. This is the, this is the stuff you got to chew on. Because what do you believe? 1 Timothy 6 says, verse 9, those that desire to rich fall into temptation and a snare. Well, I don't want to do that. 
and in the many foolish and harmful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil, from which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Well, that just sucks. And I said sucks publicly. I hope that's okay. It is 2021. That's the least of our worries right now. <laughs> it's like, man, why is that scripture in the Bible? You got to chew it. Be like, wait a second. What is he really even saying? He's saying a desire for wealth with ulterior wicked motives will ensnare a person in many great ways. A desire for wealth because you want to be wealthy is not a godly thing. A desire for wealth to build the kingdom of God and establish his covenant is a holy and righteous thing. Amen. There is a difference and it's centered on the motives of people. Just like anything in this world, it can look good. It can look good when the government says we're helping Haiti, but their motives are not pure and it goes to wicked people. There's corruption everywhere that God is not involved. Period. Because man is easily, easily persuaded to do wicked things. So let's talk about this. People say, well, Jesus was poor. Well, was he poor? I don't know that he was poor. I wasn't around following Jesus around. It's not like he lived in the Taj Mahal. But he's the only person I know of personally that when they were born, people traveled a great distance to give them gold. Did you have that at your birth? Maybe we should have heard about this and prayed it over our children. Lord, I'm just saying, whatever happens to you can happen to my family. I think in the hospital room, when little baby so-and-so is born, gold will come in the door. Amen. And so I've heard, you know, religious people say that the gold given to Jesus was like a small coin and there was only three people. The Bible does not say there was only three people. The Bible just says that there was three gifts given. The customary gift given to a king at that time was a net worth over a million dollars worth of gold. But as I was studying, I've been chewing on this. I really have been. Like, God, what do I believe concerning this realm? Because I don't want to resist. And then when you resist what God wants to do, over time you turn bitter to what God is doing because you are no longer a part of what God is doing because you have resisted him. And then bitterness settles in. And then the next thing you know, other people are having what you should have, but you have resisted it, so you get bitter, right? So I've been chewing that. I studied it. I'm like, God, well, what was Jesus' life like? And there's ancient Persian texts that say that over 300 people showed up at Jesus' birth. So the Persians, because they were from Persia, came and they wrote the stories over three. That's why Herod was so nervous, because it wasn't three dudes on a camel. It was 300 dudes that showed up, and that's an army coming to challenge my authority. That's why he starts killing every baby and going insane. Because an army just showed up saying that there's a new king. Well, I'm the king. I got to kill this king. Those guys brought in the Persian text. The weight of gold was worth over $4 million brought to Jesus right when he was born. Well, not right when he was born. He was about two years old at that time. So I don't know about you, but that's a decent two-year-old birthday present. You know, I'm just saying, my birthday's coming up this month here in a few weeks. If anybody's looking to get me something special, $2 million in gold, $4 million in gold, that's, I mean, that's a good start. No. Trying to get you laughing because I can feel the resistance. I can. I can feel it. 
People are like, yeah, 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 but there's a limit. There's all of these things, and you got to be wise, and you don't need too much, and you can destroy yourself, and all of these things. Yes, you can if you get off track of what it's for. Most people that have a problem with the prosperity of God, the reason they have a prosperity with God is because they're stingy, greedy people. And so because you're stingy and greedy, you think everybody's like you, and so you think nobody needs wealth. But yet you will have no problem. Have you ever thought how weird it is that in this world no one ever says, how does Beyonce get all of her money? Nobody even really challenges hardly politicians. They go in worth 100 grand, come out five years later worth 2.3 million, and we're like, yeah, they're politicians. But the moment someone does anything associated with the kingdom of God, they are wicked, they are greedy, they just want your money. Doesn't matter if they own 17 businesses that they're success with. Oh, they're a Christian, they are greedy, and they manipulate people for money. But wicked people can own every business they want to own and have as much money as they want to control. And as long as they don't say the name of Jesus, we can trust that it's just they're legit. Bro, what a lie from hell perpetrated on generation after generation that has made the children of God pull back from an area that has given the devil a green light to use wealth as a means to enslave people instead of delivering the masses. It's wild, but I know I'm hitting it, and what I'm hitting it for is I want you to really chew this fat. Chew it. Don't just listen to me and shout amen. Go home and chew this until you find out what do I believe. What do I believe in this? Because if I am not in unity with the word of God, it ain't going to happen in my life to begin with. So what do I believe? The Bible says to command those who are rich in this present age, not to be haughty and not to trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who gives us richly all things to enjoy and let them do good, which means to give that they may rich in good works, ready to give, always willing to share. May the Lord increase you. So that you can be a blessing in a greater way. May the Lord increase his church in this hour. So that we will never take PPE from a government. We will never take. We don't. You take your tax refund. You can put Vaseline on it. And you can stick it back up where the sun doesn't shine. Because I will not be in any covenant with a wicked government. I am in covenant with a holy God. And the blessing of God is what causes me. This nation can collapse. But I will not collapse with it. Because I am not attached to what this world is based on. I am attached to something that is greater. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in this world. Get it in your core. Look in the mirror and tell yourself what you believe until you believe it so deep. Every day you're shouting about the blessing of God coming on your household. Man, what a lie from hell to tell people that they deserve nothing, that they deserve poverty. What did Jesus pay to get you? He paid the highest price ever given. Your value can't even be determined in money that is crafted in man's world. It's beyond that. It's beyond that. In fact, in that, I'm just going to keep hitting it because I'm having a lot of fun right now. <laughs> like I said, never hear me say something and just say that that's truth. I've always told people for six and a half years as a pastor, you go home and you read your Bible and you determine, is he actually at Right. Because just because I can shout and just because I can run doesn't mean I'm going to nail it every time right. So you get it in your spirit. And plus, it's only powerful if you get it in your spirit and you grab it too. Amen? 
It's like Oral Roberts said to Kenneth Copeland, man, the first time I'll give you credit for what you said. The second time I'll say a friend of mine. The third time I'll say it's mine. You need to get it so in your spirit. You hear it. You feel truth. It hits you. You chew on it until it is your revelation. It is in you. You believe it to the core of your being. You have it because he says you have it, not because a preacher tells you it's truth. Amen? But when Jesus walked in the ministry, there was a time when 15,000 people were around him, the Bible says. A huge crowd and they were hungry. And the Bible's interesting in the book Gospel of Luke that the terminology they use is, Jesus said, they, they said, they, these people are hungry. And Jesus said, feed them. And they said, what are we going to go into the closest village and buy food for them? I don't know about you, but just to feed 15,000 people is not a cheap thing to do. Come on, somebody who in here has gotten married recently and you're like, come again, how much per plate for this reception? Let's just cut it down to an intimate eight close friends. But, but that's not even your family. We don't really like them anyways. The two shall become one. We don't need them. I literally saw this week of someone that sent out invoices for everybody that RSVP'd for their wedding that didn't show up. They, they sent an invoice to pay for their meal, 125 bucks, and it said, this is because you RSVP'd and didn't cancel, so you are now responsible to pay this amount. I was like, that's brilliant, dude. Well, let's get married again just so we can do that, babe. Will you marry me? <laughs> 15,000 people is not cheap to feed. Now, obviously, that doesn't mean he's, he's um, Bill Gates, but it means that they were carrying around enough wealth in a bag that they could just walk to the closest village and purchase food for 15,000 people. That's a lot to carry around with you. Jesus had a treasure. You don't have a treasure if you don't have treasure. <laughs> right? I mean, who in here? I mean, people are like, I don't have a tax person. That's because you don't earn enough to pay any taxes. <laughs> I'm sorry to say it, but it's true. You know, you don't need it till you need it. And then when you need it, you're like, that's why people have this. Because there's no way I can do taxes. Jesus help me. I'm building the kingdoms. Let someone else figure out this wordy knowledge for IRS stuff. Amen. So I'm, I'm, I'm hitting you with it because I want you to, to chew on this. Do you believe on the blessing of God? Do you believe that God's children have a covenant with God and an expectation from God to hit this area with all that we've got and use our faith to take from the hands of wicked people and bring it into the kingdom of God? If you believe it, say amen. And then the last thing, and th this, this was last year. Bro, I started chewing on this hardcore. What do I believe concerning healing and divine health? I mean, what do I really believe about it? Because it's like you it's like you're faced all this last year threats. You know, you don't want to endanger anybody. Nobody, and I don't think anybody in here ever would like to knowingly endanger a person's life in any capacity whatsoever. Uh, I'm not a scientist. I'm not a doctor, but I'm also not a moron. I can read and I can study stuff out. So don't let people shame you based upon what you believe because you don't have a doctorate. The doctorates learned everything from a textbook paid for by pharmaceutical companies. They know how to give you drugs. 
And I'm not trying to pick on doctors, but like if it, if it is paid for by that, then you are being manipulated by the person that wrote the text. As they say, history is, history is written by those that won the war. So everybody can be manipulated by things like that. That's why the word of God is so paramount to get in your spirit. Did I say the right word, paramount? Paramount. Thank you, baby. She always corrects me after service. Three things, honey. You said cusp instead of, you know, whatever. And I'm like, thanks, babe, for keeping all that in your head. (laughs) You had one hair sticking out like this. It was driving me crazy the whole time. I was like, but what was the word like? Oh, yeah, it was pretty good. <laughs> you live for the praise of your women, man. No, I'm just joking. My, my woman's awesome. Okay, anyways, I chewed on this. So last year, and what I actually did, and I encourage you, I, I, I got every anointed person I could think of. Benny Hinn, Andrew Womack, Chris, oh, I can't say his name, Oli, Oli, Oli Kalomi. I know who he is. Chris Oli Kilomi. Oli Kilomi. You know that, Chris. <laughs> and uh, Ronnie Howard Brown. Every book I could read. I literally consumed books on healing for four or five months. I read every book, took notes, start to finish. I devoured everything I could on healing and divine health. I was like, I got to get this in my spirit. What do I believe? What do I believe? Do I believe that God can protect me from every virus that comes on along the path? Do I believe that God can protect me from the shedding of a vaccine that comes around me with negative side effects? Do I believe that God can protect me? Do I believe that when I get sick, I will be healed? Do I believe that I can actually get to a place where I believe I will never get sick again and I will walk in divine health? I mean, I, I think I'm challenging you with the right questions right now. What do you believe concerning this? You know, Kenneth Hagin nearly died. Oral Roberts nearly died. John G. Lake was raised in a family where he said, there was never a time someone wasn't sick, dying, or dead in my household. And yet those three are known for one thing, for a powerful ministry of divine healing that shook the masses of people. So though they looked every day at sickness and disease and had to face their own trials, somehow it didn't take them to the place where they believed circumstances over the word. Somehow it brought resolve in them to say, I don't care what I've experienced. God is true and let every man be a liar. I will not believe the report of man. I will not believe the lie of hell. Jesus didn't take lashes on his back so I could have a sniffle. He took lashes on his back so I could stand on the word of God and say, this is true. This is true. This is true. Divine, do you believe it? Do you believe? Because we had people in this church last year that when they would get COVID, we had other people treat them like they were the most contaminated thing. Oh my God, they got COVID. Stay away from me. And I had to get to a point, what do I believe? Do I believe if a person came in and went, pray for me, I have COVID, I'm going to be like, ah! Or I'm going to be like, I'm just hitting it. Just hitting it. And listen, I'm not even really trying to tell you what to believe right now. I'm I'm asking you, what do you believe concerning this? Do you believe, man, that God is on your side? That, man, death 
hell and the grave has been defeated that when he said I gave you the keys to these things he meant that he gave you the keys to those things which mean you're the one that lets it into your life or closes it out of your life and so you can blame everybody you can blame the preacher in the line that you didn't get your healing or you can stand on the word of God and say I don't need a minister with 8,000 followers to get a miracle I have a God who has always been truthful to his word he has never lied once he's faithful to the end I believe it with all that I got I will stand on that promise it's mine in Jesus name it's mine in Jesus name it's mine you can release bio warfare all day long you can send anthrax in the mail to my house but you've got to believe if it ain't your time it ain't your time Jesus said, the length of your days you shall fulfill. No power on this earth can shut down a child of God if you believe it in your core. And I know it challenges you. This area, everything I'm hitting, to be honest with you, to take a stand on it, means that you will be offensive to people that you love deeply. And they will think that you're arrogant, you're blind, you're prideful, you're full of yourself. They will label you with everything they can label you with to shame you from believing in the, in the report of the Lord. But when things come against you, you have to decide, is it James 1 what I'm going to experience? That in any and all trials and tribulations, I will count it all joy because it is working patience in me. And it is solidifying in me that what I believe is truth because I believe the report of the Lord and I will come through this valley. And once I'm on the other side, I'm actually going to draw a line in the sand and say, never again, devil, will you ever be able to access in my life? Come on. It's like you've been through cancer. It doesn't mean you're a bad believer. It doesn't mean you're a loser. But if you've been through it and you've lived through it, draw a line in the sand and say, devil, this is dealt with once and for all. You can't touch me. You can't touch my kids. You can't touch my family. I bind you on this thing. I have beaten you because he is my victory. You with me this morning? You with me? I think it's a time right now when we're facing all the negativity. The world is, the world is being the world, bro. They've lost their ever-loving minds. And they're telling you to believe a lie and they're telling you not to speak the truth. I don't care. I will never agree with your lie. I know where liars go. They go to Congress and then they go to hell. And I ain't going to either one of those places. I ain't going there with you. Blessed is the man that doesn't walk in the counsel of the ungodly. Blessed is the man that meditates day and night on the word of God. Blessed is the man that walks upright in a fallen world. He will be granted success in everything that he does. Hallelujah, I believe it. I believe it, I believe it, I believe it. You can write on my tombstone, he believed the Lord all the way to the last day he walked this earth. Jesus. Do you believe it? Is it in your spirit? How deep is it? Is it surface level? Is it so deep that you would look at a person in every circumstance and say, no, this is truth. This is truth. And upon that truth, I will stand all the days of my life because he's the one that saved me, delivered me, and gave me his name. Nobody else on this earth signed up 
to come into my life and deliver me and pay the price for my sin. He's the only one that did that. So I would rather offend a million people than offend my Savior that gave everything for me. Thanks for listening to the River Claremont Podcast. If you'd like to partner with us in seeing lives touched and changed by the love and power of Jesus, you can give online at www.riverclaremont.com. Your prayers and financial support are changing lives.